0: And if you like it going-
1: modern day like a good a good yeah like a high budget yeah not Michael Bay though no there'd be too many explosions yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> not, enough, not enough character development or storyline yeah.
0: just
1: explosions yeah.
2: yeah yeah like a Ridley Scott
1: or something like that.
2: <laughs> oh
0: I don't know I, I can't think of a Ridley Scott movie where I came away knowing any of the main characters names
1: what is he done? Like? I'm not I'm bad with names Black Hawk Down yeah Black Hawk Down
2: what's his brother's name there's another Scott.
0: Oh, didn't he do uh, the Was it the Running Man? Not the Running Man. Um,
2: uh, Blade Runner.
1: Blade Runner. Yeah, he's, he's done ooh. some sci-fi. So, yeah, yeah, doing. Yeah if, that, yeah, if he did that, yeah, the Blade Runner genre would would yeah. fit well with this. Who did Vanilla Sky and Vanilla Sky would work too. Like that that, uh, that style. Yeah. I mean, like like what when they when they talk it? about the Hatchery, I envision that kind of white, sleek, yeah, what know, about metallic.
0: Uh, he he was the, he did, be he did the Batman dark. movies and he and he was the and I want to talk, talk about this I want to talk about this but like he he did the Batman movies and he also did he was the producer of the suit of uh, Man of Steel and That's I dark. don't know if y'all have seen that yeah. but I have yeah his vision of Krypton Brave New World yeah
2: yeah. yeah. Well, you are listening to the Credo Covenant Fellowship, where we seek to enter the cultural conversation from a Reformed Baptist perspective.
1: I never know you're recording. You just, you just, you just do that.
2: That's fun. That's the part. It it it. is fun. I never know what's going to be on tape, and and, uh, since I get to keep all this, ah. so
0: obviously
1: Jason Nogato is here. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. (laughs) Oh D. Sorry.
2: (laughs) That that felt weird. Something wrong when Jason says hi. so yeah, Jason Delgado here with uh, me, J.D. Warren, and uh, my co-host, Billy Lenhart. Hello. And once again, we're talking about Aldous Huxley's amazing, interesting book, Brave New World.
0: Horrific. Um,
2: yeah, horrific in a lot yeah. of ways. Yeah. And we've come to uh, chapters four through seven. We're, we're going to see the way uh, society interacts with one another a little bit more, where he was kind of introducing some of the, the elements in his world. Now we're going to see him uh, kind of develop how the people interact in Huxley's brave new world. We see that Huxley is fixated on the society, and he tends to minimi- minimize the individual. You know, what what were some of the elements, the things that he was describing that let you see his disdain of individualism and his promotion, at least in the Brave New World, of a common society that does not like the individual.
1: I mean, they don't even like the the family unit, because they, they bring up Ford, you know, the, the the deity, if you will, of that time, and he's like, yeah, for some reason, he would call himself Freud whenever he was talking about the dangers of the family, and... And um, I mean, they condition the society to where even words like mother, like it's smut. like it's it's yeah. it's shameful. It's shameful language. And yeah. and when the characters hear someone say mother, I mean, you you cringe with them because the way he describes it, like like uh, like some of them don't even want to utter the word family or dad or mother or talk about being born after you. Like it's just to them, it's just, it's become so. That it's just not right they don't know why they, it's unnatural yeah it's unnatural that's not how things are now and we're perfectly happy so that's got to be bad and that's wrong and that's immoral yeah, yeah so I mean there's so many ways you know there's a lot of um, axioms a lot of the proverbs you know everyone belongs to everyone else Like that's repeated in the book scores and scores of time yeah. everyone belongs to everyone else Everyone. Belo- where, where you're reading it and you're like man like he's hypnopedia in me in this yeah. book right now you know a lot of these axioms are I'm uh, and and, and it, Like I said, those are just axioms. Those are their proverbs. Those aren't questioned truths at all. So it's just, I mean, if you're born into that society, you would be like, well, yeah, I'm not going to say the word mother. That's that's the mother of all bad words, if you will. (laughs) That's the F-bomb in their day, I guess. Mm -hmm. Or even worse. I can't think of what's worse. I'm not going to try to guess. Um, Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's.
0: uh, Yeah, saying mother to them is almost like saying whore. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and and it's interesting because he uses that word whenever, uh, whenever John the savage, and we'll get into this, but Mm -hmm. whenever the savage is repulsed by Lenina, he calls her a whore. Right. You know, well, they, they probably have no context for that word because it's, you know, but in.
2: Yeah. When at first he was kind of attracted to her mm -hmm. and then he realized, you know, her behaviors are out of step with anything he knew.
1: Yeah. he considered that very inappropriate. Yeah, because like we talked about a couple podcasts back. This whole society is just, it's, you're supposed to be promiscuous and supposed to be with yeah. other people just on a daily basis. Just, you know, whatever makes you happy. You know?
0: Yeah. What's the word that they use for that? Um, conventional. You're showing how traditional you are if by... you don't, if, if you don't have a regular right. partner, if you're not monotonous, because everyone belongs to everyone else. Yeah, yeah, because so, everyone belongs to everyone else. Yeah, yeah. and so, and, and it bleeds into all of society. All of society is, you know, considered to be just one unit. So to die and to become, you know, part, you know, to to go into the rest of the world, and you know, it brings to, to me like you know the the circle of life. You know, Lion, Lion yeah. King. You know, this yeah, idea yeah, yeah, that. Yeah regardless of what part in in the world that you are whether you're dying and going into the ground and feeding the grass and then and then the, the, the Zebras eat the grass and so on and so forth. It's just this idea. We're all just part of this this system And as long as we get to play our part in the system, we should be happy about it Yeah, right no matter what part yeah, like you said. Yeah, yeah, but it sets up this dichotomy that I think is very common in Western thinking Western ideas which it's this dichotomy between the individual and and the society, you know, and I would argue it's a false false dichotomy. It's a it's a false understanding of the Trinity and the fact that we're made in the image of the Trinity. You know, the the image of a triune God who is one and yet multiple. Mm-hmm. You know, plurality. Right. And I mean, so, a lot
2: of times, people set up this either or mm-hmm. dichotomy when it should be a more of a both and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? God is both one and he's three. And the society is is made up of individuals. You don't have the society without individuals, but individuals make up a society. There's not just one of us.
0: I had a professor in school that he was. Uh, he wrote his doctoral dissertation on the Trinity, and he, he would argue that we shouldn't even use a term like individual because we're not individuals, we're persons, just like the persons of the Trinity are persons. You know, because he, he had this very strong sense of part of being made in the image of God is the fact that we are one and many. Yeah. We're, we're unique, we're, we're valuable, we're persons. Yeah. But each person plays a part in the la- larger society. Yeah. So, you know, pushed to, to either extreme, though, it's horrific. It's, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah.
2: yeah. So how do you think our society now deals with the individual and the society? What are some ways that that plays <laughs> out in our modern culture?
0: I think you have both extremes. And here's what I mean by that. Um, I've, I've thought a lot about this. If I was to write a dystopia today... Based on the society that we're currently looking at, it wouldn't be extreme uh, social interaction like what he has, where nobody spends a moment alone mm-hmm. in his world. It would be extreme privacy and extreme emphasis on on being alone, and the only connection that you have to the outside world is whenever you plug into the system, yeah, <laughs> social <You> know, media, <laughs> social media, gaming, you know, things yeah. like that, yeah. and that's how you interact with the with the world, and everything's fed to you through this system. But then there's this this greater thing that's controlling the system, so on and so forth, and that's how they control society. Because I think that's truly the direction that we're headed, as opposed to this this ultra socialized culture that 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 Huxley envisions. It's funny because that
1: it, that reminds me of. And when I first saw this movie, I was like, I did not expect this from this movie. the the Pixar movie Wall-E,
0: Wall-E.
1: where that society basically they, they were. Entertainment was right there in front of their faces. I mean, they're right next to a human being. Yes. But the first time they, they look at each other and they, they like touch hands, and, and it's like this magic happens. You're like, whoa, physical contact, and I'm looking at you in the eye, and this is so much better than mere communicating you through social means, you know, or through social media means. And,
0: yeah, um, yeah. Wally, in my opinion, is one of the best dystopias. Right? No, I mean, in <laughs> a you know, Dystopian movies that I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, I, I, just, and, and, and,
1: <laughs> yeah, so I keep so, hearing that, but I've never, I, seen, it, never so, seen it. Have you never seen it? Yeah. Oh. When, 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 well, we, we shouldn't say too much then, because you, you walk into it and you don't expect that that's going to happen at all. Because yeah. because you just see the robots. If if you just see the robots. It's it's, it's, a, it's a fast. It's very artsy for Pixar. Even yeah. Pixar is very artsy, but it's it's a child's movie. But there's no dialogue. There's no talking for like the first 15 20 maybe even thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. But like you're 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 captivated and you're getting the storyline. You're understanding yeah. this world, and it's a. I I highly yeah, I recommend that movie. And 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 not just that, like even if you just watch it with your kids, it's it's cute and it's fun and it's it's a great Pixar movie. Right. Okay. So
2: they usually put out really good
1: movies that have do yeah good point. Yeah. Very yeah yeah, very important message. Yeah, it's a key. you finish watching and you kind of yeah, it'll it'll make you kind of analyze your own your own life a little bit. Which sounds weird for a
0: children's movie. That's one thing I really like about Pixar. They show you enough in the previews to get you to go watch the movie. But they, they don't give it away. But they don't give yeah. hardly anything away. Like up, yeah. when I watched up, yeah, oh yeah, I was like, that was a good movie. This is nothing like the previews. It's a million times better. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> it was so good.
1: Kudos yeah. to Pixar. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. What yeah. were we talking about? Dystopias. Uh, those. <laughs> oh, 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 the individual and no, yeah, I was I was gonna say the same thing. Like I, I I see both extremes. Like every everything. Like what is our ethic now? If it feels good, do it. Well, this seems right to me. I was born like this. I, me, 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 I, 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 you know. So there is that extreme me. But mm-hmm. then there's also, well, this is better for the country as a whole. Like, we still have that too. It's not like yeah. we have this strict dichotomy. Like, there's yeah. there are both extremes, which doesn't We're mean... We're moving closer to a world system, actually. True, yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, so it's interesting because like, it's not like there's like oh, having these two extremes makes a, a happy, balanced medium. It's like, yeah. well, uh, yeah, but you need to tone back on both ends, you know, a lot. Uh, yeah. So
2: Maybe, you know, a year or two ago, people would look at you funny if you're not on Facebook. Like, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, even now, I think I that's generally what it is. Yeah. But uh, a lot of people are getting off Facebook now. That's changing. But, or
0: getting uh, off, getting back on, getting
1: off, getting back on. <laughs> yeah. Getting yeah. Off, getting back yeah. yeah. But I, I think people now understand, like, well, I understand why you're off of it. Because I want to get off of it, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just haven't made the plunge like you have. You're braver than me. Kudos to you. you yeah, know? yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I, I got off once and got back on. How was it?
2: <laughs> it was nice, man. I, it was nice to disconnect from the system. Yeah, it was, it was about a year. Yeah. I was off there for a year, and it was just to, so that I wasn't wasting my time. Yeah. I felt like I was wasting my time. Oh, yeah. And now, I mean, I'm on Facebook, but I hardly ever use it. I get on there, just I like I'm on a break at work. I'll just... Flip through, but
0: it's Uh,
2: such a wasteland. I just use
0: Twitter and Google Plus now. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm off of Facebook. Just, you know, and the thing with Google Plus, it's like you're, it's almost like you're advertising. It's, 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 it's it's an advertising medium. So, like, you know, you put a, you put a blog article and you're a member of like all these different, what are they called communities? I think so. On Google Plus? Circles. And and, and yeah. So well, no, well, oh, no, well no, There's, there's, there's communities, communities as well that you join. That. Which so, it's like they're groups. So you, so oh, you, promote, groups. you promote your blog posts on, in that community, and you know you'll get a lot more hits on your on your site. Uh-huh. And so I find that that's really beneficial being on Google Plus because it's not this monolithic, just um, I want to be in everybody's business 24 seven kind of social media site. It's more just like. Hey, you know, if you're interested in this kind of stuff, go check it out. Kind of website. Yeah. And then Twitter, Twitter's more just like a newsfeed kind of deal where yeah. you can just kind of like scroll through and look at headlines and, and decide whether or not you want to click on it, that kind of thing.
2: Yeah. That's what I used Twitter for. And then I got off of there because it became more like Facebook where people were talking back and forth. And then. But it's yeah. too short
1: to have any meaningful. Yeah. Details. And so I was like. I mean, it's, a, it's e- a couple replies is, is good, but. Yeah, if you try to debate on Twitter, it's like, good luck. It's yeah. a bad medium. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Then you throw out cliches.
1: Yeah, then you throw out those little, yeah, like we were talking yeah. about last episode, you throw out the little bullet point, the little snippet, you know, yeah. blams that are just like, oh, yeah. gotcha, yeah. five-word sentence. Right. Uh, yeah, right.
2: <laughs> Yeah. social media, I think, is a big part of,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, the, how we in our modern society are like Huxley's Brave New World. Uh, again, if you're not on some sort of social um, media, uh, some sort of digital presence then you don't exist almost. Yeah,
1: which is funny because a lot of the stats and, or studies they've done on people who are on Facebook is they're generally unhappy because you know, everyone puts out the best on Facebook yeah. and people are like, well my life's not going that good and people get discontent and unhappy yeah. mm-hmm. and, uh, and even though you have 500, 600 friends in your Facebook, you feel more isolated. Yeah. Being a part of a community, of a group, of a it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's like it's it's backwards. It turns out backwards yeah. than what it should be, which is interesting because that, that happens in the book where that uh, the little quote he says it, the narrator says that he felt more isolated after he walked out of the concert. You know, even though that that concert was supposed to be a great time of community and getting together, but he felt more isolated, just surrounded by all these people because he he wasn't connecting. He wasn't really connected with them.
2: Yeah, that's that's similar in the, the Forge Day services. Right, right. Um, he even faked um, this religious experience in order uh, to uh, seem like he fits in. Right, right. And so that that was one of the things that I, I noticed also is that um, uh, in Huxley's Brave New World, he sees the Forge Day services... Are replacing Lord's Day services and it becomes yep. the new religion mm-hmm. um, so what what do you see in our present society um, that uh, we replace religious exercises with other more socially acceptable practices
0: Oh, I really want to answer that question, but I also want to deal with the Forge Day service that he envisions. <laughs> so can we deal with that for just a second? Yeah, can let's do the Forge Day again? service. Okay, the, the, the Forge Day service. Okay, so you, you mentioned the fact that he kind of fakes his way through it. He's not yeah. really into it. He doesn't really believe in any of it, yeah. but he, he fakes his way through it. Yeah. And, you know, when I'm reading that, and, and I, I can't help but think that, Jason, that, that you have to have gotten this as well because I've been around people, a lot of people that... Are real into you know speaking in tongues um, real into you know the whole like exorcism type of stuff where you know y- you' you're suffering with this particular sin or this particular malady because you have a demon that's oppressing you mm. okay. you know he's not possessing you but he's oppressing you right. and so we have to extract this demon we have to like rebuke him in the name of Christ and so you know you, you, you partake in this particular and this happened to me like maybe a week after I, I got saved where I came across this group of people and they were like, you know, or actually it was, it was a week before I got saved. So I committed to this meeting and then I got saved, got baptized, and then, and okay. then like, okay, I, I've already committed to this meeting. So I went to it and faked my way through it. Honestly, yeah. I faked my way through it. And they were like, okay, you got this demon and you. L- just let him, let him speak through you, Wow, you know, kind of <laughs> deal. You know, and, and it was just like, <laughs> and, and then I'm like, I don't even know how to do this. And they're just like, just whatever comes to your mind, that's what he's saying. And so, like, you just, like, say whatever comes to your mind, wow. okay. you know, and, and, wow. you, and you fake your way through it. And, and it's just this whole, like, you know, ultra-spiritual, charismatic, you know, people that, like, okay, if I don't speak in a tongue, they're going to tell me I'm not saved. Yeah. They won't let me come out of the closet. It's, it's, it's not I'll socially acceptable in that social yeah. environment
1: at that point to not participate in it. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, and, and it becomes this ultimate peer pressure thing. You know, it just kind of makes you wonder... If a lot of the religious experience that we try to, you know, force on ourselves, force on our kids, if it's not a lot of, oftentimes just a lot that of peer pressure, pressure, yeah, yeah, you know, can people I, just kind of go along with it.
2: Can I at least just read this section of the book? I think it's really powerful.
0: How quick is that?
2: it? It's pretty quick. It's just a couple of paragraphs. Page 66 of the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is after the, the religious, the, the Forge Day service. Then there's this... Um, Scene where it's Bernard and somebody else standing on uh, on the rooftop thinking about the service. And it says on page 66, at least in my book, it's on page 66. Yeah, it's at the very end of chapter 5. Huxley writes, They were standing on the roof. Big Henry had just sung Eleven. The night was calm and warm. Wasn't it wonderful, said Fifi Bradlaugh? Wasn't it simply wonderful? She looked at Bernard with an expression of rapture, but of rapture in which there was no trace of agitation or excitement, for to be excited is still to be unsatisfied. Hers was the calm ecstasy of achieved consummation, the peace not of mere vacant society and nothingness, but a balanced life of energies at rest and in equilibrium, a rich and living peace for the solidarity service had given as well as taken, drawn off only to replenish. She was full. She was made perfect. She was still more than merely herself. "'Didn't you think it was wonderful?' she insisted, looking into Bernard's face with those supernaturally shining eyes. "'Yes, I thought it was wonderful,' he lied and looked away. The sight of her transfigured face was at once an accusation and an ironical reminder of his own separateness. He was as miserably isolated now as he had been when the service began.' More isolated by reason of his unreplenished emptiness, his dead (laughs) satiety. Separate and unatoned while the others were being fused into the greater being. Alone even in Morgana's embrace. Much more alone indeed, more hopelessly himself than he had ever been in his life before. He had emerged from that crimson twilight into the common electric glare with a self-consciousness intensified to the pitch of agony. He was utterly miserable and perhaps... Her shining eyes accused him. Perhaps it was his own fault. Quite wonderful, he repeated, but the only thing he could think of was Morgana's eyebrow.
0: Because <laughs> she had a unibrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, yeah, that's the part I was, I was talking about, how even after that, he was with all these people and there was this ecstatic moment and it, it seemed so intimate and seemingly like that and he, you know, Try to participate in it, but he felt
0: more isolated, more miserable than mm-hmm. he was even going into it, you know? And, and that's why I think we have this kind of like knee-jerk reaction to to any kind of emotionalism, you know, that, that Christianity shouldn't have any kind of right. you know emotional asceticism to it whatsoever because if it does, or not asceticism, aesthetic mm-hmm. to it, because if it does, then... Then, then it's not real. It's not whatever, what, what, what have you? You know that we want to make it this ultra intellectual thing, mm-hmm. but, but it's neither. You know, I mean, it has to be something that's backed up by by an intellectual ascent, you know, um, and and that kind of thing. But at the same time, um, we don't want to rule out the fact that, you know, that there is a very real emotional aspect to it as well. Right. right yeah. We are an emo- we are emotional beings and
1: people. And we know also people portray emotions differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's it's easy. It's, it's, when you've been to services like that where you, where you know you were faking emotions and you know other people have admitted that to you later, it's easy to just become like, oh, well, that's all fake, you know, when there are legitimate emotions that we have. I mean, the Bible's all, I mean, the Psalms is, you know, the, uh, the it's filled with so many emotions and crying and tears, you know. My, my couch is flooded with tears, and, you know, so there are real emotions. and. Mm-hmm. People may experience that different times in different ways. Yeah, you, know, you can't can't rule out that that's all. Oh, he, he cried at that point, and he's faking it, or he's just trying to impress something. You know, like, well, yeah. I'm not gonna assume that. You
0: know, <laughs> that's why you know we talked about you know training your training our children in catechesis. Mm-hmm. You know, I've talked to a lot of people that they grew up in Christianity with Christian parents. And they talk about this, you know, well, I know I'm a Christian because I had this, you know, emotional experience this one time or whatever. Um, but they, they don't, they're not true Christians and you can tell they're not true Christians, you know, but they had that, that emotional experience. So, or, you know, they, or maybe they had an emotional experience but they knew it was fake and so they fell away later on in life or what have you. You know, we talk about this idea of you know our children making Christ- their their Christian faith their own. Right. You, it's not good enough just to teach your family what the Bible says; they, they need to affirm it and make it their own. Otherwise, you're not you, you haven't gone far enough in instructing your children and helping your your family to, to see these things. You know, um, I was talking to a guy at our church that had a really bad family issue that came up a while back and um, there was a rift that was caused. and he talked about how in, in that process that, that he did everything that he could to instruct his family, but he never he was, he was he made himself too content with knowing that this other person had not made those things her own. She just agreed with whatever he said oh, yeah. you know. And, and the important thing is is that we don't just we don't we don't want to just get our families to agree with whatever we say or to try to have the same emotional experience that we've had we want them to actually you know have that personal relationship with Christ that we have you know not in the exact same way that we have it but to have it does that make sense yeah I yeah, know yeah, it's, it's it, you can be easily set it's well I can turn it into that checkbox
1: christianity's like well, I know I shouldn't be doing this, and we recited our catechism, check, it's done. Mm-hmm. That. But are you genuinely praying for your child's soul or your spouse's soul or your, your family? You know, like, when when we when I talked to Sam Waldron and read through his book, Man is Priest of His Home, a lot of that really convicted me of of, make, of more, really pastoring the people in my family. And, you know, more so than just on a like checkbox level, we prayed, we, we read a book together, like, well, how's your soul, how is your relationship with the Lord? How Are there things you're strict? Like, really there's more intimate questions, you know, so, mm-hmm. but anyways, it's, so what was that question again, Yeah, how did we get off that? <laughs> Ford's day, we talking about the Ford's day. Yeah, service. we're talking about the Ford's yeah.
2: day services and, uh, the effects of feeling isolated, even in religious experience. Uh, what do you think the modern society's, um, oh. tendency is, uh, in, um, replacing religious experience with more socially acceptable practices?
1: I mean, sports, I mean, it's it, when, when I don't think you guys are big soccer fans, but in England, they're, they're very bold in saying like, like how it's, it's, they just in the same way, Brave New World, he related all these service, all, all these things to, if you've grown up in church, you're like, oh, he's, he's, they're just, the, the government's just changing that, that church function to, yeah. uh, like they have community hymn sings and things like that. Yeah. And, um, they're just changing it, using it for their own secular means, yeah. um, uh, so, a lot of the soccer commentators like there's a lot of English soccer on Saturdays but Sunday's the super Sunday and they talk about how it's a religious experience and, and you know they're interviewing fans afterwards and they're just like, like oh it was just you know these guys are singing hymns together you know they're chanting for their teams and they're doing this and that you know, and, and that doesn't necessarily mean that going to our game is sinful you're replacing yeah. it up, but it can be and They talk about it openly now as a religious experience. Like soccer, like when the last World Cup came on, so many Mm -hmm. times I heard over and over again, oh, this is the religion of the world. This is the this is how the world communes together is through soccer. It's just all these words they were throwing out was was very religious terminology. I was like, But you're talking about soccer, this is a game, you just kick a ball. Like Mm -hmm. it's not that. I mean but it can be that for
2: No, it's (laughs) not just a game. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Yeah, but it can it can Like, like anything
1: can be can become an idol can be to replace those things that should have our number one affection. Yeah. That was the first thing that came to my mind, you know, thinking about that. Yeah.
2: No. You know, we we always talk about the Lord's Day being a Sabbath, a rest. Now since entertainment is more of how people rest, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with entertainment or enjoying yourself, but I think that Sunday has gone from the Lord's Day to Sunday fun day. This day you just kick back you're a weekend warrior, you just have fun, no worries about anything uh, and it's like your last day you, you know you go out you get drunk and you know you just recover and, and then you go back to work on Monday. Mm-hmm. So We're, it's like the working for of, the weekends Yeah, working for the weekend just so that you can kind of do it all over again. So I, I think that's one way that people yeah, replace Sunday is the religious exercises. Going to the pub and you know
1: again there's, there's nothing party wrong with the more party nature. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong
2: with being with people and enjoying you know a good beer at a, a public area. But when that becomes uh, an experience that you order yourself around, then mm-hmm. it's or, religious. Yeah. It becomes controlling. It becomes yeah. um, becomes your your god, the yeah. thing that you worship.
1: Yeah, I know a lot of people I work with it's it's they're working for in the Friday night Saturday night clubbing experience and uh, everything that that entails in the secular world and yeah Sunday's the recovery day it's it's like oh well this is the day at rest I can get back to work to get back to Friday night and Saturday night and see how many girls I can hook up with yeah
0: wow I think of taking God out of the Pledge of Allegiance Uh, observing moments of silence (laughs) (laughs) you know um, very subtle very subtle but you know it's I mean even you know I'm not I'm not a big proponent of public school but it's more of a historical thing for me you know I don't like the fact that we've had imposed upon our society compulsory education I don't like the fact that uh, because it's you know it's something that really I think is 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 the it is something that is primarily primarily the responsibility of the parents yeah. and of, as long as it is a public entity and it's in the control of a secular government, there is no way to keep religion from continually being stripped out of it. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's right that that we would not force religion into these different areas of public life. So, if you want religion in education, then it has to be some kind of either private school education or or, or homeschooling. Okay. Now, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. That's. I wouldn't say that dogmatically. Like you know, you have to agree with me or anything like that. But that for for me and my family, that's definitely the the direction that we've gone with that. Also, in other areas of public life, you see things like you know the Ten Commandments being taken out of courtrooms and being replaced in places like Oklahoma City with satanic statues. You to give equal there's, there's,
2: place to all all religions
0: yeah so so you have like this, this this statue of Satan sitting on a throne and two children looking up at him
2: the Ten Commandments yeah. are still there though yeah but it's now it's just equal time
0: yeah more so, exclusive yeah so it's replaced with syncretism basically yeah you know, the new reservation new as opposed to the Brave New World So we're not we're not purging religion from the world we're, we're just gonna secretize it with all the other religions
2: yeah and just put it in the, the uh, pantheon of mythologies.
0: Mm-hmm. But we do have that dichotomy in our culture where we have people that uh, free freedom from religion, yeah. and then we have people that you know equal time for all religions.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think the, the blind spot is in Huxley's prediction of these, these practices, mainly um, sexual practices? What, what do you think he's missed in the, the sexual revolution? in the way he portrays sexual behavior
1: I think he missed the I guess the homosexuality type thing because when, when he get when he gets when he gets a brave new world it's it's boy and girl it's still, like that's still assumed in this brave new world is men are with women women are with men there's mm-hmm. never a man man woman woman man child it's nothing like that like yeah children might be together but not children adults so he kind of I guess he missed the those types of things you know which, uh, I guess he couldn't have foreseen his day, but easily now, like I, I, like you said, Billy. Like, well, if I were in dystopia now, you'd probably have to include that. Like, yeah. Anyone going with anybody, really, or any object or an animal, like you would have to include even crazy to say bestiality and things like that. You know. Yeah. To so be consistent with our own modern day and what it could be, turn you know, turn out to.
0: Or the direction it's leading, yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, but I mean, but 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 the ethic is still in there in the brave new world. Everyone belongs to everyone else, and it, if it makes you happy, you know. I mean, yeah. you never see that happen there, yeah. but it it could. Maybe you know. Maybe they'll evolve. You know, they think they're perfected already, but maybe they'll get to that point in that world. I don't know. But.
2: Maybe that was a little too jarring if you were to, to include that.
1: Yeah. or maybe in it the part, 30s maybe you never know. crossed his mind I don't know yeah it's, but, it's
2: hard to tell since he didn't put it well yeah I guess it is hard because
1: I mean, the bible itself talks about bestiality and things like yeah. that and so it's, 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 not, it's, it's not like, it's like nobody like it's knew a brand about, new about it yeah, yeah it's not, not a brand new thing
0: but yeah. well the 60s changed a lot in America as far as that conversation is concerned yeah. because he doesn't just miss the, the homosexuality conversation but he also misses feminism yeah you know women, oh, are, women are still very much objectified in his view of, of future yeah. realities now we live in a culture where it's no longer it's now it's passe to for a man to objectify a woman, but if a woman wants to objectify herself, that's that's seen as strength. Yeah. You know, if she if she wants to use her body as an object to, to gain power, then that's a good thing. Yeah. But for a man to use her body as an object to have power over her, that's a bad thing. Yeah. Right? Whereas Christianity would say our bodies aren't objects. Our bodies are part and parcel to who we are. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to sin against the body is to sin against God.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I remember there was a part in there where he was... But
0: Bernard, I think, was shocked that it, uh,
1: Linda was the lady, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how, how she she just looked at herself as a piece of meat. And then it bothered him even more that it didn't bother her. That he just looked at her, that she just looked at herself like, well, I'm just a piece of meat. I'm here to... You know, she's a beta I'm Here to please you know the lower, uh, not the lowest class, but a lower class of the alphas, which which he was. And she's well, I'm here to please you, so and ever and anyone else who wants to be with me, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And he was just when he started thinking for himself, he's like, Wow, that, that's that's a grotesque concept that was still in him, even after all his conditioning. And yeah,
0: yeah it was crazy. And she didn't understand why all the women reacted the way that they did, they were so antisocial. Right to, yeah. to react against her and call her a whore and all that. You know she doesn't understand that. Yeah, yeah. So just
1: warn her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's society, it's society. Just yeah, especially in the '30s, it was so backwards. But it's mm-hmm. not as backwards in some aspects. You know, it's, it's scary.
2: <laughs> so, how might Huxley's books serve as a warning of man's tendency toward you know, syncretism, and how does he deal with? the The religious nature of human beings.
1: If I remember in the book, he talk, one of the directors of like the Hatchery talks about how Jesus was needed at that time. Like they needed a Jesus character, they needed God, they needed. Mm-hmm. He brings up some other deities, you know, deities air quotes. Yeah. Uh, but now we have our Ford. You know, this is so. It it's, it sounds like even even some of them may have not been convinced that Ford was real. But he's needed at this point in our society to keep order, structure, community, all that stuff they talk about, and so it, it, it's it's looked at in a very it's needed. Like some people might need that crutch, some people need to believe in that higher, some people need to believe in the existential, and the supernatural, the blah blah blah. Uh, I mean, I think some people in the commun- in the brave new world are convinced Ford is real, and they really pay homage to him, and they you know they're thankful to him for all his inventions and ideas, but. Uh yeah, it's, it's you, just I think
0: this is specifically talking about the reservation and the, oh, the secret Yeah, you see, oh,
2: yeah, you see the, the correlation. You know, in London mm-hmm. it's Ford. And um in oh, the reservation. Right. It's you know what? Jesus and uh I forget the other gods. The other gods. Yeah.
1: yeah, well that that that's that's a common I mean, you read a lot of the new atheism and they bring up things like that. They're like if you were born in India, you wouldn't have been a Christian. If you were born in Africa, you would be doing some voodoo something. If you were born here, like they're just—that's just part of your culture, what you're around. Yeah. Therefore, how can we even know there's a real hierarchy? You know, they use those kind of arguments, and. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it is interesting. To think of the savages, yeah, they're mixed in with like the wolf god, the great spirit, like the Native Americans. But then Jesus is there
0: also. Yeah, you have that scene—the whipping scene. Yeah, and so halfway through it these two trap doors open up and out comes, like, this almost, like, paper target that's Jesus on a cross and then out comes another one that's, like, an eagle or something. Yeah, something like that, yeah, yeah, And they're, they're like, and it's, like, representative of these two different gods that are, like, watching what's going on. Mm -hmm. And then after everything's over and everybody's left and the the guy's left there bleeding on the ground, they stay up for a while. And then eventually they just slowly make their way back down into the trap doors and the doors come back up and... You know, it's it's very you know ominous, and this is one of the things that I always kind of feel like it's it's almost like a a guilty pleasure kind of thing about about dystopias. Is you're reading it, and and all the while, the world that's being envisioned here, all and, and this is across the board with dystopias. It seems like is is a world where not just civilization has been abolished or completely altered, but Christianity too. Yeah, typically, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so you know, it's it's interesting that almost any dystopia that you read, it brings up these questions that deal with okay, what if there was no Christianity? But we as Christians know, there will never be such no, a society, yeah. right? Yeah, that will be the only lasting, final. You know, yeah,
2: ultimate. even the eagle will bow the knee. Cockroaches right. and Christians.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was something real interesting in that, in all the. Uh, and it's, I mean, you, you already see syncretism now nowadays. Like, the, the author of The Giver, we talked about that, that, that book, which is a, a movie now, uh, Paulo Coelho, I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong, but I heard an interview with him earlier this week, actually, on that book. Well, it wasn't just on the book, but it was about his pilgrimage and his life. And he's like, oh, yes, I'm a, I'm a Christian now. For a while, I left to do a pilgrimage looked at some eastern stuff and you know visited the Dalai Lama blah 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 all these things he goes oh, you know yeah Christianity it's just like any other religion like we believe in a higher being and I think we all have the same light. he's like I just call mine Jesus and you know and the, the, the interviewee was like oh or the, the interviewer was like oh yes I totally know what you mean i I practice and she was talking about her other weird religion. She's like, but i probably I'm gonna try this other religion later. But I know it's all part of just our own humanity and growing and so we already have a lot of syncretism and I mean, but mm-hmm. again, you've we've seen syncretism in the old testament as well. Yeah. I mean God's chosen people, that happened to them and they'd be in trouble for not getting rid of those things. And uh yeah. so it's it's uh nothing new under the sun. So just, you, even in Brave New World it's yeah. still around. So
2: <laughs> just to make sure, just in case Jehovah's not real. We'll go to Molech and Ven Right, Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Asherah. Yeah. We'll
1: have a better chance when we hit heaven and be like, oh it was it was this god. Okay, I I got I I got I kinda got it.
2: Have you, y'all seen the mummy? Yes,
1: yeah, long, long time, time ago.
2: ago. Did no. you remember the the very first one where um the the guy that was hired uh finds the mummy, he's the first one that the mummy sees. Mm-hmm. And he's he grabs his Christian cross and he says his prayer and then he grabs the Jewish cross and says the prayer and then he <laughs> to get all does out. another one and then he finally um, gets the right one. Gets the right one and the mummy's like, "You, <laughs> you know, he realizes that he's speaking to him." It's oh, that's funny.
1: It's really interesting how that. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Yeah. Try them all out. You'll, you'll get one right yeah. eventually. Yeah. And surely Even, the upper higher being will be yeah. pleased with your yeah. effort. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it
2: works. Just right. false religion. No matter yeah. when? It, yeah. Definitely. Well, with that said, you've been listening to the Credo Covenant Fellowship where we seek to enter the cultural conversation from a Reformed Baptist perspective. Once again, we're on Facebook and Twitter. Please visit us there. We've got pages and you can um, converse with us there. Also our website, credocovenant.com. Shoot us an email, CredoCove at gmail.com and uh, leave us only five-star reviews on (laughs) iTunes so that people can find us much easier. We thank you for uh, for being with us today, and we'll see y'all next time. Goodbye. Peace. Goodbye.